The uh, speaker today will be Steve Wolberg. Now, as you listen to him this morning, you, you need to realize about 25 years ago, he was a secular Jew in Hollywood. He had no interest whatsoever in religion. Zero interest. One day, he picked up a Bible. And of all places, he opened the Bible to Ecclesiastes and started reading in Ecclesiastes. And there his eyes fell on a text. Something about God will bring every work into judgment about your life, whether it be evil or whether it be good. That got his attention. The Holy Spirit reached down into Hollywood and picked out this man for his work. You know, his story has been multiplied by thousands and thousands of times around this world in every country. People who are steeped in all sorts of things. Steve himself was steeped into all manner of street drugs. Everything imaginable he experienced and he chose to involve himself in. Um, he read that text in Ecclesiastes and he couldn't put the Bible down and he kept reading and kept reading. And then he found, um, because that, that text gave him fear of the judgment that we all face. But then he found, hey, there's an answer to this problem. There's an answer. He read about the gospel. And then he got into Revelation and that's been his special book that he's focused on. He's now written 15 books, one of which was From Hollywood to Heaven. That's the story of his life, From Hollywood to Heaven. Fourteen other books he's written. And he's also um, published many, many DVDs uh, that have gone around the world by the thousands. Very interesting man. Um, he's now headquartered in up in northern Idaho, right next to the Canadian border. And he has a ministry where he focuses on from, from there. He's been, he's been um, interviewed on many television stations. He's just very active in, in the gospel. I can think of no greater July 4th fireworks than to focus in on the three angels' messages. Can you? I don't think there's any other church on the planet that has, shall we say, popularized these verses from Revelation 14, 6 to 12, such as our church has. And then you turn to Revelation 18, 1. And after these things I saw another angel fly from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. My friends, that's happening right now. Right now. And Jesus is coming soon. I hope you'll enjoy Steve Wilberg as much as I have. This is only one of uh, many dozens of his messages that he has from, from the book of Revelation. Does God have one special message to be given to the entire world right before Jesus Christ returns? Amazingly, yes, he does. And you'll find out exactly what it is in just a few moments on this edition of The Sword of the Spirit. The Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It is the Sword of the Spirit. As darkness gathers over the nations, we need the pure light of God's Word to keep us on the path to heaven. Join Steve Wahlberg as he presents the living truth of God's Word in The Sword of the Spirit. Thank you for joining me. I'm Steve Wahlberg and this is The Sword of the Spirit. 
I want to start out by telling you a story that arose out of September 11. It's an amazing story about a man named Steve Miller. Uh, He was working on the 80th floor of the South Tower when the North Tower in New York City got hit by a uh, hijacker who had taken over a plane and rammed it into a building. And as uh, everybody in the South Tower began to head down the building as quickly as possible, of course, the elevators were too packed, and so most people were going down the steps, down through the stairs. Uh, Steve Miller was heading down from the 80th floor. He got down to the 55th floor, and he stopped to use the restroom, and he contemplated whether he should pick up his cell phone and call his wife and just touch bases with her. Uh, as he thought about that, he heard a voice that came through the loudspeaker. And the voice was the voice of the South Tower management. And the voice said, don't panic. Everything's fine. The building is safe. Go back to your, to your offices. Well, as he thought about that, he walked out of the restroom and looked out one of the windows of the South Tower. And he saw somebody jump out of the window Uh, near the top of the North Tower, about a 1,000 feet uh, above the ground, and this person just jumped down to to their death. And the voice was ringing in his ear, everything's fine, don't panic, the building is safe, go back to your office. And as he thought about that voice and looked at that person flying out the window, Uh, another voice inside of his conscience said, don't listen to that official voice, keep going. And so he continued heading down down, uh, the stairs. As he got down just a couple more floors, that's when the second plane hit the second tower just a couple floors above his head. And of course, he continued to go as fast as he could. He he got out of the building. He was heading home to get to his wife, uh, running as fast as he could. The North Tower collapsed, and everybody was just watching this in shock and horror. And as he crossed a bridge heading over toward Brooklyn, he turned around and saw the South Tower. And just in time, as he turned, he saw that South Tower that he had just been in. It uh, also uh, collapsed in a a cloud of smoke. And the, the debris just went flying. And he was so glad that he didn't listen to that official voice. He crossed the bridge, he ran home as quick as he could, and he opened the door and ran into the arms of his loving wife that was scared to death. And she said to him, oh, honey, I thought you were dead. But he wasn't dead. He was alive and well because he chose to listen to the right voice inside of his conscience instead of uh, the wrong voice that was even an official voice telling him that the building was safe. There's a lot of voices in this world right now that are talking to us. Many of those voices are official voices. They're coming from people that we trust, people that we we depend on, uh, that we rely on. And yet, many times, those voices are wrong. And we need to listen to another voice, a voice inside of our souls that's telling us what's right and what's wrong. At the beginning of this program, I asked the question, does God have a special message for the world today? before the return of Jesus Christ. I am totally convinced that he does, and it is the voice of God speaking from his word. It will speak right to our consciences. It may be different from the official voices around us, but it is the Lord's call to his people prior to the return of Jesus Christ. That message is found in the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is the last book of the Bible. It's the greatest apocalyptic prophecy book that's ever been written. It's full of of information, but there's one special message. 
in Revelation chapter 14 that specifically talks about world conditions, about things happening all around us, and about things that we need to know and things that we need to do as we await the second coming of Jesus Christ. Uh, if you think about it, it makes sense that God would have a last message for the world. Uh, he did in the days of Noah. Right before the flood came, you know, God didn't just let humanity just go, go along unwarned, but he had a special message. He raised up a special man named Noah. And he said, Noah, build a boat. There's a flood coming and tell the people to come in before the water comes down. And those that listened to that message, uh, they, were, they were protected. Sadly, it was only eight people that were inside the boat, but still, it was God's special voice at that time. The same thing is true concerning the first coming of Christ. When Jesus came the first time, uh, God sent a message through a man named John the Baptist. He raised up John, he gave him a message, and the message was to prepare the way for the first coming of Christ. And it, it just makes sense that if God sent a message in Noah's day, if he sent a message before Jesus came the first time, that he would send another message, a special message, right before the, big, the biggest event of all, which is the second coming of his son. And that message is in Revelation chapter 14. And let's just take a look at it. And we're going to just go into the text and see what it says. Revelation 14, verses 14 to 16, describe the return of our Lord in the clouds of, of glory. Verse 14 says, I looked and behold a white cloud, and upon the cloud one sat like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown and in his hand a sharp sickle. Another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice, and saying to him who sat upon the cloud, Thrust in your sickle and reap, for the time is come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And verse 16 says, He that sat upon the cloud thrust in his sickle upon the earth, and the earth was reaped. Now, this is a very clear description of the coming of Jesus on a white cloud with a sharp sickle to reap the harvest at the very end, at the end of time. Uh, in Matthew chapter 13, verse 39, Jesus said, the harvest is the end of the world. So this is an end of the world description in Revelation 14, verses 14 to 16. Now here's the amazing part. Right before this description of Jesus' return, in verses 6 to 12, there is a special message to the entire planet identified as messages coming from three angels that are to be given to the whole world before Jesus comes. So let's just briefly take a look at them. Uh, in Revelation 14, verse 6, John saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven with the everlasting gospel to preach to them that dwell upon the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. That's the first angel's message. Verse 8 says there followed another angel. Here's the second angel. And he said, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all the nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. A third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice. Now this is how we know there are three of them, because in verse six and seven, there's the first angel who gives a message. In verse eight, there's another angel who gives a message. And then in verse nine, there's a third angel who gives a message with a loud voice, not in a whisper, not, it's not just a little whimper, but it's loud and it's clear. 
And he says, if any man worships the beast and his image and receives his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends up forever and ever. And they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. And then verse 12, here's the power-packed conclusion. says, here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. So when you just read Revelation 14, and really there's two ways to study the book of Revelation, I sometimes say. Uh, you can be a, a, a water skier and just skim the surface, or you can be a deep sea diver and really look closely at what it says. And when you read these messages and look at them and think about them carefully, what we find is in verses 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12, we have three angels giving their messages to the whole world. And then in verses 14, 15, and 16, we have the return of Jesus Christ. So if you put the pieces together, God has a message, and then his son comes. Just like Noah's day, God had a message, then the flood came. In Jesus' day, when he first came, John the Baptist gave a message, and then Christ appeared. And we are now on the verge of the greatest event in the history of the universe outside the cross, which is the second coming of Christ. And it just makes sense. And it's in the Bible that God has a special message to the whole world to help prepare people for the day when his son returns. And that message is in Revelation 14, and it's the message of the three angels. And we'll be right back, and we'll take a closer look at what they actually say. Welcome back. We are exploring the, the big message found in the heart of the book of Revelation, which is the message of three angels. We read Revelation 14, verses 6 to 12, where God sends three angels' messages to the world. And then we read verses 14 to 16, describing the second coming of Jesus Christ. And I'm trying to build a case that as we are nearing the end, that God does have a special last call, a special message, a special voice. I talked about Steve Miller and how he escaped from the second tower of the World Trade Center before it finally collapsed. And the reason why he got out was because he listened to the voice of his conscience telling him to do what was right instead of the official voices that were telling him that the building was safe. And then we, I drew the parallel to, uh, to our day that God also has a message that he's trying to speak to our consciences. It's a life or death message. It's designed to, uh, to get us out of the burning building, you might say, to get us off this planet alive and to prepare us for the return of Jesus. And that message is the message of the three angels. So let's take a look. If you have a Bible, I invite you to open up to Revelation 14. And let me just draw out some insights. Uh, there's a lot to these messages. We, we don't have time in a short program right now to go into every detail, every aspect. We'll be doing uh, more of this in future programs. But let's just take a look at some of the highlights. Uh, Revelation 14.6 talks about another angel flying in the midst of heaven. Uh, this does not mean that at some point human beings are going to just look up in the sky and see these angels flying over the sky. Uh, flying over New York, flying over Los Angeles, flying over Tokyo, and just making announcements. Uh, the, these are symbolic angels that represent messages that God is giving to his people. The word here for angel in verse 6 is the same word used in Mark chapter 1, verse 2, about John the Baptist. 
The word is angelos. Mark chapter 1 verse 2 says that uh, John the Baptist came as the messenger to prepare the way for the Lord. And that's what these messages are. They are messages designed to prepare us for the second coming of Jesus Christ. So we have three angels representing messages. Uh, we also know from verse 7 that they are to be given with loud voices. Verse 7 says, saying with a loud voice. Verse 8 says, talks about the second angel. Verse 9 mentions the third angel speaking with a loud voice. And this means that God is going to be talking very, very clearly, very directly. Uh, he's not going to be whispering. He's going to be really in earnest with us as we approach the second coming of Christ. He wants us to know exactly what truth is, what we need to know, because he just doesn't want to take any chances that, uh, that will be lost. He wants to make sure that we're in the kingdom. So he sends... He sends a special message. The three angels' messages are worldwide messages. These are not just uh, little tiny messages. If you look at verse 6, it says the first angel is flying in the midst of heaven, center stage, and he has the everlasting gospel to preach to them that dwell upon the earth, to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. So the first angel's message goes to the whole world, to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people, which means everybody, whether, they're, uh, whether you're living in, in America or Australia or New Zealand or some, some other island, uh, or whether you're in Russia or Canada or wherever you are, these messages are to be given to every nation all over the planet. Uh, verse 8 talks about Babylon, and we'll talk more about this later on, how Babylon has fallen the great city, because she made all the nations drink the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The whole world is involved in drinking the wine of Babylon. Verse 9 refers to the third angel's message. And verse 9 says, The third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worships the beast and his image. Any man means everybody. So verse 6 says the message goes to the whole world. Verse 7 says all nations are involved. And then verse 9 says if anybody follows the beast in his image and gets the mark, he's in, he's in big trouble. So it's obvious by just looking at the text, by doing your deep sea diving, by letting the word speak, that these are messages that must be given to the whole world. Uh, there's also an order in these messages. The first angel tells us what we need to know, who we need to believe in. It talks about the everlasting gospel of Jesus Christ. It tells us that we're living in the time of judgment and that we need to worship him that made heaven and earth, the sea, and the fountains of waters. Worship the creator. The first angel has the message of what we need to believe, who we need to believe in, and what we need to do. The second angel basically announces that uh, Babylon and all the nations have fallen away from what God wants them to believe and what he wants them to do. All nations have drunk the wine of the wrath of Babylon's fornication. And then the third angel warns about the consequences of what will happen if people continue in this direction. If they worship the beast in the image and get the mark, verse 10 is a solemn message, they will drink the wine of the wrath of God. So when you put the pieces together, just like a, a, a puzzle, the first angel has the truth, the second angel says that Babylon and all the nations have rejected the truth. They've fallen away from the truth. And then the third angel says this is what's going to happen if they keep doing this. These are the consequences of rejecting the truth. So you've got the truth, they've fallen away, and this is the consequence. Those are That's the order of the three angels. Now then we have uh, probably the most important point of all. 
that just rises out of the text is that the three angels are are centered in Jesus Christ. God is never going to send a message to this world, especially a final end time message that is not centered in his son. In verse six, the first angel has the everlasting gospel. The word gospel means good news, the good news of Jesus to preach to the whole world. So Christ is the center. He's the foundation. The gospel is the the core of this message. And then in verse 10, it talks about those that get the mark. It says they will eventually uh, be tormented in in the presence, it says, of holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. That's a solemn text. We'll talk more about that in a future meeting, um, future program. But when it talks about the presence of the Lamb, that's Jesus. So Jesus is the foundation in verse 6. He's referred to in verse 10. And then in verse 12, here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. The name Jesus is at the very end of the third angel. It's the last word of the third angel's message. So Jesus is the foundation. Jesus is in the middle as the lamb. And Jesus is at the end of the message. God is never going to send a message to the world that is not centered in Jesus Christ. And this message is designed to bring us to Christ, to ground us in him, and to prepare us for his return in the clouds with the, with the sharp sickle. So these are, these are elements that we find in the heart of the book of Revelation. Uh, They're right there and they have impressed me deeply as I've pondered this and studied this and been gripped by these messages. Verse 12 is the conclusion of the three angels' messages. And verse 12 says, here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. This is a powerful passage. And this verse talks about saints. God, you may not have really thought about this, but God is calling us to be saints. He's he's preparing a people for Christ's coming. And it says here that the saints do two things. They keep the commandments of God, that's one thing, and they also have the faith of Jesus on the on the other side. They do both. They keep God's commandments and they have the faith of Jesus. There's a lot of confusion in this world. Some people think they're saved by the commandments of God. That's a mistake. Uh, other people think that if they just only believe in Jesus but they don't think about keeping God's commandments, that that's the way to go. But the fact is that this verse puts them both together and says that people that have real faith in Jesus, they also will be commandment keepers. It puts law and grace together into one group. Uh, Maybe you've seen bumper stickers that say, honk if you love Jesus or wave if you love Jesus. Uh, Well, God wants his final people to be more than just honkers and wavers. Uh, He wants people to be obedient. And the three angels' messages reveal this and they point to a people that love the Lord so much, that have been truly converted, that their hearts have been so changed by the gospel, by God's grace and his power and his goodness and his His Holy Spirit, that they then become keepers of his commandments. The balance is here. And we need to get away from all the extremes, all the wrong voices, and get to the right voice, talking to our conscience from the word of God, from the three angels' messages. And that will help prepare us for the return of the Lord Jesus in the clouds of glory. I didn't grow up reading the Bible. 
I grew up in a Jewish home that really wasn't a religious home. And it wasn't until I was 20 years old that I finally picked up this book for the first time and began to read. God led me to, to Jesus as my Messiah and as my Savior. And I, I learned about his suffering in Gethsemane and on the cross. It changed my life. And as I continued to read the Bible, I eventually got to the book of Revelation. And I started reading step by step and eventually uh, started reading about the three angels' messages in Revelation chapter 14, which is what we've been talking about. And as I read them more and more and more and learned about the everlasting gospel and the judgment hour and something called Babylon that had fallen and was making all the nations drink of its, its insidious wine and about a beast and an image and a, and a coming mark that would be received in people's foreheads and in their hands and then the judgments that would fall upon them if they get that mark. And then I finally read about a group of people called the saints who would keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus right before he comes on a white cloud with a sharp sickle to reap the final harvest of the earth. I want to tell you, these, these messages impressed me. Uh, they just, they burned into me. I just sensed this strong conviction that these messages were very, very, very important and I needed to learn them, study them, and understand them and believe in them and follow them. And even more than that, I remember one time I was at my father's house and this was uh, about 27 years ago, right after I became a Christian. I was at my dad's in Studio City and I was reading these three angels' messages and I remember the conviction being so strong that God wanted me not just to read them and study them, but actually to share them with other people, like I'm doing, trying to do right now with you. Um, I remember just tossing and turning, and I finally just uh, talked to God out loud. And I said, Lord, I'll do it. I'll do it, whatever it takes. I will share the three angels' messages around the world if you lead me. And from that moment until this, God has opened up door after door after door. I've been to Russia three times, been to Canada, I've been to New Zealand, I've been to Pakistan. Uh, we now have a TV ministry here in Fresno, California, where we are filming programs. And this one is on the three angels. It's really just an introduction because we don't have time to go into all the details. But God has opened up door after door after door because he wants these messages to go out. When September 11 hit and those towers came down, that was it. Those that didn't get out, it was over for them. In the days of Noah, God had a special message. Before the water came down and, and it was it for them, God raised up a man and told him to build a boat. And uh, it's, it's significant that that boat had three stories. You read in Genesis, there was the lower deck, the middle deck, the upper deck. It was a three-story boat that God called people in before the water came down, before the end hit. And it's the same with us today. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 37, he said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be the coming of the Son of Man. Just as God had a three-story message back then, or a three-story ark, he has a three-story message for us today, and it is the message of the three angels. And those that follow this message, which is a message centered in Jesus Christ, it, it calls us to, to get away from Babylon, to watch out for the beast, to stay away from the mark, to follow the Lamb of God all the way uh, to the very end, end of the world. 
It talks about being a group of people called saints, about being obedient to the commandments of God and having the faith of Jesus. Those that follow this message, those who entered the three stories, the three-story message, they will be enlightened. They will be protected. They will be preserved in the in these final days of delusion. And they will be enabled by God's power to stand in the final days and to be ready for the second coming of Jesus. During the height of the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln was once asked, he said, uh, somebody said to him, Brother Lincoln, is God on our side in this, this war with the South? And Abraham thought about that and he made a very insightful comment. He said, I'm not worried whether uh, God is on our side as much as I'm worried about whether we are on his side. And really both apply. God needs to be on our side or we're sunk, but we also need to be on his side. And his side is outlined in the message of the three angels. It's not a side of Babylon. It's not the side of the beast or the image or the mark. It's the side of saints who are worshiping the creator, who are following the everlasting gospel, who are among those that keep the commandments and have the faith of Jesus. That's God's side in these last days. And I, my whole soul and our whole ministry is, is uh, motivated to help prepare you to be on God's side so you can be ready for the return of Jesus Christ. Father in heaven, may we all realize the significance of these words. May we realize you are coming, you shall return. Lord, send your spirit to each one of us so that we may understand and be ready to meet you in the clouds of heaven. Go home with you forever to the eternal kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.